0: So I wanted to share some things with you really out of my heart as I've spent a, a, a number, a long time now just studying and meditating on healing and healing scriptures and studying faith. And, and one of the things, because I'll, be, I'll just tell you my own testimony about it. I was raised in a home that was very intellectual. Education was the standard of everything. So it was everything was the mind. If the mind couldn't understand it, it didn't exist. Uh, you were measured by how intelligent you were and the degrees that you had. And so, so that's the atmosphere I was raised in. And so I went to college. I went to law school. I was around other people that were like that. And then I get saved, and I go end up going to a school where the teacher, the, the teacher that founded the school is Kenneth E. Hagin, who is an apostle of faith. And I don't understand this stuff. And I'm seeing talking about people getting healed. I, I mean, I'd read that before, and I'd heard stories about it before, but I'd never seen it happen. It was against everything I was always taught, because everything I was taught was, had to be rational, it had to be your sense knowledge, and those kinds of things just don't happen. But I got out into Oklahoma, and I got to Tulsa. My wife and our family did. went to school, and I began to see people teaching faith, and, and I began to study faith. And you can understand something in your head. We were talking about this on Wednesday night, and not really believe it in your heart. That's right. And I went through school, and I went, studied under faith teachers and things like that, and I understood the principles, I understood the concepts, but it really not da- dropped down deep into my heart. Until about almost 20 years ago, I was facing a physical condition. I went to, I went to the doctor one afternoon because he, I had an infection in my body. He gave me the antibiotics. Oh, thank you for the antibiotics. And the antibiotics worked just like that. Oh, I'm on the road to recovery. And then I began to have a reaction to them. And the doctor took me immediately off that drug and put me another. Now, instead of the, the infection getting better, it got worse. So I went back to the doctor to share with him, you know, the infections actually got worse. He examined me and says, you're not going home. You're going to the hospital. I wasn't expecting to hear that when I went in. I was expecting to give me another pill, something else. Because we are going on vacation on Monday. This was Friday. And I called my wife and say, I'm not coming home. I'm going to the hospital. Meet me there. No, actually, I went home, got some clothes, and went to the hospital. And I, w- I remember sitting in the, I'm just in shock, sitting in the, in the admitting room saying, this is not where we're supposed to be. I'm supposed to be going on vacation. This is what, not what I expected. And they put me on some IV antibiotics, and it, it, uh, they sent me home, and I didn't see any difference in the symptoms. And the doctor said, just, you know, you, you, just, just follow out the course, and, you know, and, and, and you'll, you'll be all right. But I wasn't feeling any different in the symptoms. Now I'm scared. So I got a week of vacation, so what I decided to do is take my Bible. And having been to Bible school, having heard all kinds of teachings on faith, I decided to take my own Bible and go from one end of that Bible to the other and find out for myself. And I began to take scriptures, and some of the things I'll share with you in a moment are things that I began to see. And when I began to take this word for myself and study this word for myself and examine it for myself, what happened is it began to drop down in me. And I began to become convinced, not up here because people had told me so, but down in here because I could see it for myself out of the Word. One of the things I began to see as I began to go see, I like to look at the whole concepts of things. I went back and I saw in, in Exodus the story when God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. And I understood the principle that God had, had called this people to himself. And he had, they'd been in bondage, and he cried out to him for deliverance, and God had brought them out of that bondage. And they get out into the wilderness. And we see in, in Exodus chapter 15, when they've, when they've the, one of the first things that happens when they get out, out of the wilderness, they run out of the water, in their canteens run dry from, from Egypt. And so they come by a, a stream, and the water's bitter. And they go and complain to Moses and Moses turns to God and God tells him to strike the, the, the water with his rod and the water turns sweet and they begin to drink it. And out of that, God teaches them a principle. He said, I want to reveal something to you about who I am. He said, I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals you. Yeah. So the very first thing that God revealed to his own people about his character, his nature, was that he was a God that would heal them few chapters later we see god does the same thing he says if you will bless my, if you will worship me i will bless your bread and your water and i will remove sickness from your midst that generation didn't leave the promised land because they, they didn't get into the promised land because they rebelled against god and they didn't develop in faith and when they came time to enter the promised land they, saw, they they were moved so much by what they saw and not by what god said so they had to spend the next 39 years in the wilderness wandering around. And when that generation died off, God took the, second, the next generation that had not been raised in Egypt and he brought them over to the edge of the promised land. And when he was there, you'll find the first few chapters of Deuteronomy. Moses goes back and rehearses the things that they've learned in these 40 years of wandering the wilderness. And in chapter 7, in verse 14, he says, If you will serve the Lord your God and be diligent to obey all of his commandments. And he lists a whole bunch of things he will do. And then one of the things that's listed in there is, and I will remove sickness from your midst. This is 40 years later. God is reiterating to his people, I will remove sickness from your midst. We see the psalmist David, who got to know God at a level that other religious people of his day, beyond the dispensation in which he lived. And he wrote these words in Psalm 103 which are so dear to us. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all my iniquities, who heals all my diseases. He had a revelation of what God His Father was like, that God His Father's heart was to remove sickness from our midst. Then we go over into the New Testament and we see that the Son of God is born. John chapter 1, verse 14 says, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh. Understand this. If you want to know what God's perfect will is, there are three places in the Bible to look. The first place is where he created everything to begin with. The second place is where he comes and walks on the earth himself. And the third place is when he recreates it and reestablishes it. Because in each one of those three cases, we're not involved in messing it up. It only took two chapters before man began to fool around with God's perfect will. So we can look at Jesus. Now I want to give you some scriptures. I'm going to just read down through from scriptures to show you that Jesus is, is the physical enactment of the will of God. Jesus is the physical enactment of the will of God. When he walked on the earth, Jesus was the perfect image of God's character, of his nature. So if you want to know what God's will is, all you've got to do is look at Jesus. And that's what we're going to spend a few moments doing. But first of all, I want to prove this to you. John 1, verse 1 through 2, and then 14. In the beginning was the Word. That is a Greek word that means the full expression of someone's heart, their nature, and their will. In the beginning was the Word, the full expression of God's heart, His nature, and His will. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And this Word, this full expression of God's heart and God's nature and His will took on flesh and dwell among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John five nineteen, Jesus says, Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Truly I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of Himself, unless it's something He sees His Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. John eight twenty nine. He who sent me, Jesus said, is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do, the things that are pleasing with Him. In other words, whatever Jesus did was only that what was pleasing to His Father. John 12, 45. He who beholds me, beholds the one who sent me. John 14, 9. Jesus said to him, this to Philip, Have I been with you so long and you've not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How do you say, show us the Father? In other words, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you want to know what He's like, just look at what I do and look at what I say. 2 Corinthians four, 4. In whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, that they may not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, Christ, who is the image of God. Colossians 1.15, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And to me, this one really sums it up. It's Hebrews 1, 2, and 3. He, the Christ, is the radiance. That literally means an outshining he is the outshining of His glory and the exact representation of His nature. He is the outshining, not reflection. A ref, the moon reflects the sun. The moon can... If you turn the sun off, you don't see the moon. But an outshining is something that has absorbed the light and energy from the source and then radiates it out itself. And that's what that word means. He is the outshining, the outradiation of the glory of the Father. And He is the exact representation of His nature. If you've seen Me, you've seen the Father. So let's look at some things that Jesus did. The Gospels teach, show us, what Jesus did to reveal His Father's will. And it shows the Father's compassion towards the hurting and the sick. We see in Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, the New American Standard says, And Jesus was going about, not one time, not every other weekend, not for two crusades, His normal manner is what that means. His normal manner of conducting himself was he was going about throughout all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming, the, 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 the translation says the gospel of the kingdom, but literally means proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God and healing every kind of sickness and every kind of disease among the people. So He was regularly healing everyone that came to Him. See, I was taught that Jesus did these miracles to prove who He was. If all He needed to do, to, if all He did was to prove who He was, He would only have to do it one time or two times. Or, you know, once or twice a year. Not only, But He did it wherever He went. In fact, as I study the scriptures, and we won't take the time tonight to do it, what we see is that Jesus equates the kingdom of God with healing. So here he says, he proclaims the kingdom of God, and how did he demonstrate the good news of the kingdom? He removes suffering. Oh, I think we heard God say that's what he did, didn't we? And I will remove sickness from your midst. So what did Jesus do? When God could physically dwell on the earth, when God could look us in the eyes, when we could bring the suffering and the lame and the lepers and the cancers and the lame and the whole, when we could bring them to God himself, what was it God did? He did the same thing he told his children he would do. He removed sickness from their midst. No wonder it's part of the gospel. And that's what's been stirring in me. We're not preaching the whole gospel. Oh, we talk about it, but part of preaching, preaching means to proclaim, not just talk. To proclaim, to demonstrate the gospel, and that's what we're here tonight to do. We're here tonight to demonstrate the good news. That God cares about you. The good news that if you're suffering, God's suffering with you tonight. The good news that He does not want you staying in that suffering. He wants to remove that suffering from you. And I want you to see tonight... Jesus did not just do this a few times. He was going about His Father's business. He was going throughout all of Galilee, proclaiming in the synagogues, teaching in the synagogues so they could hear the Word. And then He proclaimed the good news of the kingdom and they responded to that good news because they came and brought the needs to Him and he healed every form of sickness and every form of disease. Then it says, the rest of that verse says, and the news spread up into Syria. Syria was, is north of Israel. They're Gentiles. They were not covenant part of the covenant children. And they heard this good news, and they came down, and he healed their sick, and he delivered their like, demonic, the demon impressed. He delivered them. He brought the good news to them. See, we tend to think you've got to qualify to be healed. I've got, you've got to be a Christian, you've got to be walking right. No, you just have to come in faith. God's not trying to keep it from some people. Healing is an outflowing of His heart. The heart that was expressed, the very first thing God tells His own people about Himself is, I will remove sickness from your midst. And now the moment He has an opportunity, To be on this earth, and what does he do? He removes sickness from our midst. Now, did he just take it away? No, people had to come to him and ask him. They had to come to him and ask him. So we see a leper come to him in chapter 8 of Matthew. When Jesus comes down off the mountain, because this is in in chapter 4, at the end of chapter 4. Chapter 5, 6, and 7, of course, are the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus withdraws up on the mountain. He teaches His disciples and those that had come up on the mountain. He teaches them. Then He comes down with the mountain. And who meets Him? In chapter 8, the beginning of chapter 8, but a leper comes up and falls down and worships Him. And to understand, a leper, it was illegal for Him to be in public. That's right. Because leprosy was highly contagious. They had to live in colonies called leper colonies. And if they were out in public and somebody without leprosy came near them, they were to cry out, unclean. And he comes and falls down at at God's feet. And Jesus looks down on him. He says, Master, I know that you're able to heal me. What I don't know is, are you willing? And it's interesting what Jesus does, the order with which Jesus acts. Before he says anything, he reaches out and touches a leper. And then he says, I'm willing. Behold. And instantly his leprosy was healed. Verse 5 of that chapter, a centurion comes to Jesus. A man who wasn't in the covenant Mm -hmm. of Abraham. Mm -hmm. A Roman officer comes to Jesus and says, Master, my servant is home, suffering terribly. And Jesus, before he could finish what he was going to ask him, Jesus interrupts him and says, I'll come, I'll come, because I'm here to remove sickness from your midst. So I'll come, that's what I'm here to do. And the centurion has to stop him and say, no, that's not what I was going to ask you to do. You don't need to come. In fact, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. All you need to do, because he says, I understand, I recognize your authority because I'm, a, I'm an officer. I recognize that you're under authority, just like I'm under authority, and you're also in authority. See, I understand authority, because I know when I say go to my servants, they go, when officers, soldiers, they go, and when I say come, they come. When I say to my servant, do this, he does it. So I recognize your authority. So you don't have to come. All you've got to do is speak the word here, and my servant will be healed over there. And Jesus said, I marvel at your great faith. At the end of that passage, after he's been talking about, about, uh, to, to his followers about the great faith of this, he says, I've not seen this great faith in all of Israel. And his own disciples are in the group, who'd seen all kinds of things. See, his greatness of his faith is he could just take Jesus at his word. He so said, you don't have to do something, just say it. I'll take you, because I recognize the authority of your word. So you just speak the word. I know my servant will be healed. And Jesus, after lecturing his disciples, turns to the officer and says, Go your way, be it done to you according to your faith. Yes, then Jesus leaves there, and the next thing that happens in Matthew 8, Matthew 8 is such a powerful chapter. He goes to Peter's house, and his mother in law is sick with a fever. And Jesus just goes over and touches her hand, and the fever leaves her, and she gets up and cooks for them. And that evening, he's sitting outside, after church, sitting outside, and, and a crowd gathers around him. What do they do? They hear he's there. So what do they do? See, see, they bring their sick to him. Why? Because they believe if they bring their sick to him, he'll heal them. They didn't bring their sick to him because he was going to lecture them that there was something wrong with them. They didn't bring their sick to him because he was going to chastise them for what they'd done wrong. They brought their sick to him because they believed he was going to remove sickness from their midst. So they brought demoniacs, they brought people oppressed, they brought all kinds of sickness and disease and it says he healed them all and then it goes on to say, in order to fulfill what was written or prophesied by Isaiah the prophet, which is in Isaiah 53, which says, he will, he, he will remove our sicknesses and carry away our diseases. In other words, I will remove sickness from your midst. We see other and over again, other examples you go into, into chapter 9 then then uh, they bring a, a, a some friends bring a man that's paralyzed on a pallet and they bring it to him and they can't get in the house because of the crowd that was there so they climb up on the roof and they rip the tiles off the roof and they lower him down in the roof so jesus says he saw their faith that's it. he saw their faith we'll talk about that in a minute he saw their faith not just the faith of the friends but the faith of the guy letting them down on the pallet they're up on the roof. Now, remember what they did. They ripped a hole in the roof. That's how determined they were to get their friend in the midst of Jesus. And it says Jesus saw their faith. And he was going to provoke the religious leaders that were there a little bit and says, your sins are forgiven you. They go, how can you do that? He says, well, I'll show you whether i got authority to forgive their sins Rise up and walk. And the man stood up and walked. There's a man that Jesus saw in a synagogue on a Saturday, on a Sunday. Well, a Saturday, yeah, it was a Sabbath day. And he had a withered hand. I walk, there's a restaurant we go to, and there's a lady in there with her withered hands, and it just, just grieves my heart. God, tell me to do something. 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 It just builds in me more and more. God, that's not your will. God, that's not your will. God, that's not your will. And this man, as far as we know, didn't even ask Jesus. He just went over to him and put his, probably put his arm around talking to the Pharisees, saying, you know, if I were to straighten his man's arm, hand out on a Sabbath, because they thought he was going to do that. He says, well, you know, would you, would you rescue your, your ox on a Sabbath? Would you go feed them on a Sabbath? If, or they get sick, take care of them? How much more would God do this? So he said, just, he said, just stretch out your hand. It's interesting. It says, as he did it, his hand was made whole. Over and over again. Then at the end of chapter 9 again, it says, now this time it says Jesus went, he didn't say just throughout Galilee, he went everywhere, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom the good news of the kingdom. Over and over again, the Gospels link the good news of the kingdom with healing the sick. Because we look back at the beginning and what God said, what's his heart? I will remove sickness from their midst. Let's just look at a few others and I'm going to explain to you what we're going to do. Matthew chapter or Mark chapter ten five. Matthew uh, also has this account, but I like Mark's account in it better. <clears throat> There's a story, of course, of Jairus who comes, and we've talked about this on Wednesday night. Jairus comes to Jesus and says, "My daughter's lying sick at home, about to die, but I know that if you come and lay hands on her, she will live." And what does Jesus say? "I'll come." Why? Because he came to remove sickness from our midst. And on the way, of course, you know the story. There's a woman out with an issue of blood for 12 years. That was illegal for her to be out in public. So like the leper, she was out at some risk. Not only that, she was apparently unescorted. That was also illegal. So her presence there was illegal under Jewish law for two reasons. And what she said to herself is, if I just touch his garment, I shall be made whole. She didn't say it to him. She didn't say it to anybody else. She said it to herself, but she set the conditions by which she'd be healed. She said, if I just touch his garment, I shall be made well. She must have fought because there was a crowd thronging around him because what happens, of course, is she touches the hem of his garment and and Jesus felt power go out of him and flows into her, and she knew in her body, once she was healed and made whole, she knew that that issue of blood was dried up. Jesus knew something happened, because he stops and turns around and says, who touched me? And of course the disciples say, what do you mean who touched me? There's all kinds of people touching you. He said, but this touch was different. This was a touch of faith. This was a touch of somebody making a demand on the compassion of the Father that is in me. And the power of God responded to that compassion and flowed into her body and he turned to find out who it was and she came falling down afraid because she knew it was illegal for her to be there and she told everything that had happened and Jesus says these words to her which he says over and over again to people your faith has made you well now listen to me what he doesn't say he doesn't say it was God's will that made you well did he he doesn't, say, he doesn't say it was it, God made the decision and chose to bless you particularly and make you well. Did he? No. See, when he said it's your faith that made you well, what he's saying is it was available to everybody else that was touching him. I've shared with you before, this is the story that made clear to me that it's God's will to heal everybody. Because if you read the story carefully, what you'll see, the order of events is this. The woman says, if I touch his garment, I'll be whole. The next thing she does is act on what she said. She touched his garment. Then when she touched his garment, what she said would happen, happened. And then Jesus turns around. She's already whole and asks, who touched me? Well, if he asked who touched me, that means he didn't know who touched him. And yet she's already well. If it was only God's will to heal some people and not all, then he, before she's healed, he would have had to turn around, identify, oh, you're the one that's asking. I've got to find out inside. Are you one of the ones or aren't you? But he didn't know who touched him. And yet she's already well. So that healing power was there available for her. She just came and drew on it by her faith and then acting on her faith. That means it was available to others. Well, we see that later on because you go to the end of, I think it's chapter 14, at the end of chapter 14 of Matthew, there's a story about a whole group of people got together and said, you know what? If we can just get him to come here and touch his garment, we'll all be whole. Let's go look at that. Matthew chapter 14. Talked about this a couple Wednesday nights ago. And we'll end with this. And I'll give you some instructions. Verse 34. And when they crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent him into all their surrounding region and brought to him all who were sick. And they, they brought to him how many that were sick? All that were sick. And begged him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched it were perfectly made well. Either as an incredible coincidence that only the ones who touched him was at God's will to heal. That'd be a greater miracle. Or that healing was available to every one of them. But it was only those that reached out in faith and did what they said and touched his garment and they were made whole. Why? Because the heart and the character and the nature of God the Father is I will remove sickness from your midst. And so when he walked among us and sickness and disease was brought to him to remove, he removed sickness and disease. This is another thing that convinced me. If there were some doctrine that God wanted us to know that either he would use sickness and disease to teach us something, or there were cases where he didn't want to remove it. And Jesus is the perfect embodiment of the Father. Wouldn't there be at least one case where Jesus would say, God put this on you so that he could teach you something. That's why I'm not going to remove it. If there were some people that it was not God's will to heal, don't you think that he would have said no to there's one lady he said no to. It was a Syrophoenician woman, she brought her daughter to be delivered. And he said no. He said, I didn't come I didn't I only came to the Jews, basically what he said. I didn't I didn't come to the dogs. Because they were the, the Gentiles were considered dogs to the Jews. And she stands up to him and said, But even the dogs get to eat the crumbs that fall from the table. And there had to be a smile on his face because he said, Woman, great is your faith. Be it done unto your daughter as you have believed. If the Bible taught us that God's character was there were times when he made us sick to teach us something, or the Bible taught us there were times that there were people God would not heal because it just was not his will, then wouldn't there be at least one case Where Jesus didn't heal somebody for that reason? And wouldn't there be at least one case where where Jesus would say no because God gave this to you to teach you something? But there's not one record of either of those. The only record we have is every, not, he didn't heal every person, but he healed every person that came to him. Every person! Every! Out of multitudes! Because if he was going out all the time teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news and healing every kind of sickness and every kind of fact, if you study what he did time-wise, you'll find out that the two things he did by far the most was he taught and he healed. Why? Because the Father's heart is, I will remove sickness say pastor that's wonderful for the time when people when jesus walked on the earth and if that were so then he was here then i could bring my body to him or my friend's body to him with confidence that he would remove their sickness or remove my sickness but i guess things are not as good for us today which is interesting because the bible says in, in, in hebrews chapter 10 that we hebrews we live we have a better covenant on better promises It also says that the things that happened in the Old Testament were just types and shadows of the better things to come. Not only that, the Bible says that when Jesus went to the cross, He did exactly that. He bore your sicknesses and He carried your diseases. So we don't have to go find Jesus somewhere on a hill and get among a crowd. We can go to the cross Because on that cross, Jesus paid for your healing today. Why? Because the Father's nature is, I will remove sickness from your midst. So all we're going to do tonight is we're going to allow the Father to do just what His heart and nature is, is to remove sickness from your midst What we're going to do is give you an opportunity to come to Him. I can't heal anybody unless there's an anointing that God gives to me tonight, and He could do that. There's not going to be some special power flow out of me. But what I'm going to do is lay hands on you. We could do it other ways. You could lay hands on yourself. But I just sense that to lay hands on you And that's going to be a point of contact. The woman at the issue of blood said, When I touch his garment, I shall be made whole. She set the condition upon which that power flowed into her body. She set the condition. I'll tell you something else. If you are a Christian tonight, the power to heal you is in you already. Remember in in, in Romans chapter 10, we looked at this, I think, last Wednesday night or the night before. It says, "Don't, don't, don't cry out and say, don't say out of your mouth, who will bring Christ down out of heaven to heal me? Or who will have him come up being raised up from the dead again to heal me? The word of faith is near you and in your mouth. The power that flowed out of Jesus into that woman's body and dried up that issue of blood was the power of the Holy Spirit that was in Him. Well, when you were born again, who came in you? The same Holy Spirit. There's not a different one. It's the same Holy Spirit. So when I lay hands on you, that's going to be that point of contact. And you're going to believe, we're going to make that confession in just a moment, that when I lay hands on you, what's going to happen is the power of God that's in you will be released to remove sickness from your body. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Je- Let's just stand for a moment. Father, we thank you tonight that your word is the truth. We thank you tonight, Father, that your word declares your heart and your nature that you are Jehovah Rapha. You are the Lord who removes sickness from our midst. We thank you tonight that Jesus, our Savior, came and not just saved our souls from hell, but he also bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases. We saw him tonight demonstrated as he walked in this earth. We saw him living out your heart and your nature. Now tonight, Father, we call upon you by Your power, power of your Holy Spirit to do exactly what you promised us to do. Father, everyone that comes to you, to heal them, Thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Other thing I want to ask this right now is: if you were here and you had hands laid on you for healing, I want you to check yourself right now. If, if there's something you can check to determine if you see a change, because now you need to act on what you've heard. You've, you, you've come forth in faith, and by coming forth, you were saying, "I believe God's going to heal me." And now what you need to do is begin to expect to see that change in your body. Has anybody seen a change already? Just raise your hand. Can you tell me what, Jackie, what is it? Well, come here. This is Jackie, who's victorious in Christ over sickness and disease. Tell him what you were just saying, what you just told me.
1: I have an infection in my body. Um, I have an infection in my Hickman, and I've been very weak, and I have to go for surgery on Tuesday, and I've been nauseous, and I feel fine right now.
0: What, what did you come up for?
1: I was going to have you pray over me for my surgery.
0: Okay. All right. Is that what you want?
1: I got what I wanted. Okay. Well,
0: praise God. All right. Okay. Anyone else? Who else had their hand up? Ellie, come here. Let's stand up here so people can see you.
1: This is pretty exciting because I started receiving my healing on my way here tonight. And I still feel the anointing, so I know God is doing a complete work and I'm still shaking. <laughs> God is so
0: good. He is so good. Okay. Anybody else you've already seen a the result? There were some other hands in the air. Dolores, is your hand up back there? Come on up here. Dolores Nugent.
2: I went to the dentist about a month ago to have my teeth checked, and I don't know what they did, but uh, I have had infection after infection after infection in my teeth, and I have been without sleep for quite some time. (laughs) And uh, tonight I just said, that's it, God. I can't take it anymore. In fact, I came with my uh, antiseptic tonight because I said, I'm going no matter what. (laughs) And I said, if I have to, I'm going to the bathroom to put it on my tooth. But I didn't have to tonight. I don't feel a throbbing, so I thank God I am Amen. healed. Right. And, and needless to say, I will not go back to that dentist again.
0: Anybody else begun to see a change? Angela? You all know Angela Zimberlin.
2: Hello. Well, I said to Pastor Ray in, in the car today, I'm going to go up because um, my hand has been hurting me a lot lately because I type for six and a half hours a day, five days a week at work. So my daughter says, oh, that's carpal tunnel." I'm like, no, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I'm going to get my healing. <laughs> but you had said earlier, you don't even have to come up. You can just, you know, speak over yourself. And I did, and the p- pain was gone, and I kept checking. And I'm like... Praise the Lord. <laughs> so I got healed in my seat because <laughs> my hand was already throbbing when I came here and it's gone. So praise God. Praise God. Okay. Yeah.
0: Praise God with no pain. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Matt. This is Matt Elliott. I'm doing this because I'm curious.
2: Uh, I've been having some problems with my right shoulder and uh, keeps me up at night and I'm a uh, I'm a plumber by trade and it's very difficult for me to work with one arm and I've been coming up for multiple healings, I came up with Kenneth Hagen and different different passes that have been here but uh, tonight I, I got goosebumps The hair on the back of my neck is standing up, my shoulders up above my
1: head with no pain. He
0: couldn't do that before. He couldn't do that before. Yeah, he couldn't. He's the healer. Praise God. Praise God. Anyone else? Anyone else? Connie. Connie.
2: With my right leg so bad today I didn't think I was gonna make it tonight. But I forced myself to come because I knew I had to be here. And I can bend that knee. Uh, I haven't been able to bend it very well, and now
0: I'm bending it and you show us? I am healed. Yeah. Show us Benji and see? And you couldn't do that? <laughs> Praise God, you couldn't do that. It's gonna continue to get better. But but she said at the end of last week, she said, I'm expecting great things. See, you came expecting. Yeah, and you've been listening to tape. See, she's been building herself up. <laughs> Praise God. Just keep exercising it. Keep using it. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Jim, Karen.
1: I had a ruptured cyst 13 years ago on my right leg and had superficial phlebitis. As a result from that, I got varicose veins in my right leg. So first thing I did was check my leg, and the swelling has gone down, and I still feel the healing even as we speak. Praise God. Praise
0: God. Thank you. Praise God. He's the healer. Jesus is the healer. I will remove sickness from your midst. I will remove sickness from your midst. Anyone else?
1: I'm Linda. A week ago Thursday, about quarter six in the morning, I woke up from a sound sleep and everything was spinning in my room. I actually thought I was having a stroke. I called 911 and they came to get me through the key outside the door because I couldn't get to the door. And I was diagnosed with severe vertigo on my right ear. I was out of work for a few days. And this morning, believe it or not, I was on my way to church and, and taking a shower and leaning over to wash my hair so I could get here. Everything started to spin again. And I said, oh, dear God, please, please. So I took my medication. medication. I slept all day. But as soon as I woke up and I looked at the clock, I called Louis and I said, I'm coming tonight because my head's fine. And my right ear unplugged, and now I can hear everything just beautiful.
0: (laughs) isn't he good i will remove sickness from your midst anyone else keep checking yourself
2: hi everyone my name is sakon um i just got to praise god because it's a blessing that i've even made it here tonight um For like the past month and a half, I've gotten so sick. I've always had um, excellent health, and about a month and a half ago, I started getting so sick to the point where I couldn't even walk, and I couldn't move my hands. I couldn't bend my fingers. I couldn't button my clothes or anything. And um, I went to the doctor's, and she was she was extremely shocked and concerned because she had never seen me in so much pain. So she tested me for. Just about everything in the book, and um, the blood work came back showing that I had elevated levels of rheumatoid arthritis, and um, they said I was in and out. I've been in and out of the hospital from the emergency room to the to my primary care doctor to the rheumatologist, and they all said that you know it's extremely unusual for a person with my age because generally older people get it at you know 40s, 50s plus, and um, I just gotta praise God because. Even in the midst of all the pain, I've been praying. My family's been praying with me. My church family's been praying with me. And, I mean, I even remember times where I tried to pray and hold the Bible in my hand, and I couldn't even hold the Bible because I was in so much pain. But I just praised God and kept on thanking him for my healing, even though I was in so much pain because his word says that I'm healed. I am healed by his stripes. I am healed. And despite the circumstances, despite the situation and the pain that I was feeling physically and my immobility to walk or do anything or function or work or even feed myself sometimes, I knew that his word is true. And I can trust in his word. And his word says I'm healed. And so I just praise God because it's only been a week now, but thank God I can walk. I can move my hands. I couldn't even lift my hands, and I can lift my hands and praise him and worship him. And so I just thank God. And tonight, um, I haven't even been able to come to church, but I've been in touch with my church family, just asking them for, my per- for, their, for their prayers. And I was um, told that they were having a healing service. So um, tonight, I just came because I wanted total healing, perfect healing. And although I know that I'm already healed, I can say that now. I have. I feel like I don't have any more pain in my body. So I can just praise God. So thank God.
0: Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Anyone else? Praise the Lord. I want to say this to those of you who haven't experienced it yet. That doesn't mean you haven't received it. There were some people that came to Jesus for their eyes, and it says they were healed as they went. They were healed as they went. So don't give up. This was a point of faith, a contact, a point of faith, where, where, where you said, as of this moment, I've received my healing. Now, you st- now you've settled that issue, just as she did. You've settled that issue, and now that's what you keep saying. So you don't go back over and say, well, did you get my nine and get it last night? You received it tonight. You received it because it says, if you will believe you received, then you shall have. Mark 11:23. If you believe you received, then you shall have. So tonight, you believe you received, then you shall have. Praise God. I'm expecting to hear more, more good reports.